0: Hello and welcome to the Fools on Stools podcast. My name is Kevin Walker, and as always, I am joined by my co-stars, Anthony Council and Cullen Brown. Today is Friday, February 11th, 2022. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of your day. If you have a great time and don't mind, please do post us, share us, or tell others about us. If you don't like what you hear, then simply tell no one. Today is National Make a Friend Day. So Cullen, Anthony, have you made a new friend recently? Either in real life, social media, or I guess in the metaverse, since that's a thing now.
1: Ooh, making a friend in the metaverse—that sounds—that sounds pretty cool, bro. For real.
2: So, like, does that friendship need to be saved in the metaverse, or how does that? Yeah,
0: work? You, yeah, you save it as an NFT on your Twitter profile. Ooh.
2: So, how do you determine how much a
1: friendship's worth then?
0: So, I guess you gotta try to sell it. I don't know.
1: That's true. That's true. But, but. On a metaverse. How much expert.
2: would how much would Joel sell my friendship for?
1: Uh, what? Uh, n- n- zero buddy.
2: Alright, that was a trick. That was a test question.
1: Well I mean it, a it, friendship? It, no,
2: no. that was a test question. I, okay,
0: it was a it. test question, but <laughs> just think about it, Colin. If I were to sell our friendship and make some money off of that, I can give you some of that. True. We that's could that's profit. true. We can profit off that.
1: That's true. Profit off a of friendship. That's that that's and true. And we can
0: still have our friendship, just not on the metaverse.
1: Ooh. So like that's in true. real life, but not in the metaverse.
0: Anyway, anyway, wait, wait, anyway, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. wait. It's Friday, and it's a good day.
2: It's a damn good day, a damn, damn good day.
1: Yes.
0: Oh boy, we always <laughs> got tradition around here. God, always,
1: always gotta keep tradition. It's Friday,
2: here. man. And Let's it's get a good pumped. Day. The Super Bowl's this weekend. We got NBA trades to talk about. We got so many things to get into. Kevin's
0: upset because Kristaps Porzingis is no longer playing. <laughs> but, well, he's still playing. Just well, no. oh yeah, okay. Just yeah. for yeah, another he's still team. Playing, Just not for the Mavericks right. anymore. We lost the unicorn, but.
1: But was he the unicorn on the Mavericks, though, for real? Or was he just the unicorn in New York? Like,
0: ah. I don't know, man. I don't know any other Mavericks. Well, I think there's not very many uh, other Mavericks that have scored 51 points in a franchise game, which is the what Luka Doncic did the night that Kristaps got traded. He claims he doesn't know. He was shocked. I mean, I think there's a bit of discomfort there. But without further ado, let's go ahead and reach into our NBA topic. And, I mean let's not waste any time blockbuster trade yeah me and anthony called it
2: y'all did credit to y'all
1: yeah huge trade ben simmons two first round picks seth curry and andre drummond are headed to the brooklyn nets ben 10 yep in
2: exchange for james harden and paul Millsap, going to philadelphia
0: so who boys who do y'all think won that trade is it even a question
1: yeah, the, 76, the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> won that trade.
2: What, uh-huh? you say, huh? <laughs> <What are laughs> you said, huh? I guess that that's a question, question huh?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> please explain yourself, sir. The
1: Brooklyn Nets won that trade. Please, no, I'm just, I'll, I'll let you go. Just please explain. Absolutely. I, I the, need Brooklyn to know. Net, the Brooklyn Nets won that trade. They have two first round picks. They have Ben Simmons, who is a defensive juggernaut. Yes, offensively, he is a liability. But they still are going to get Kevin Durant back. And yes, I understand Kyrie Irving is a question mark at home games. But at the end of the day, you have Ben Simmons, who will play his position more likely because you have Kyrie Irving at the point guard. He's going to probably play the four or the five. And you still have shooters all around. The Nets won this one in a landslide. I understand that they have Joel Embiid and they have James Harden, but you don't know what you're going to get from James Harden. I'm not trying to compare James Harden to the Cowboys because you never know what kind of James Harden you're going to get, just like how you don't know what kind of Cowboys team you're going to get in the NFL. But back in Houston, he definitely tried to to will his way out of Houston, and he just tried to will his way out of Brooklyn, which both those times did work. And we'll see what happens in, in Philly. We'll definitely see. Oh, okay, I got to break down your
2: your whole analysis point by point it okay? was a lot i know okay it was it was a lot but it was very well done i'm not gonna poo poo on it because it was very good effort nice try you know golf claps and all that you brought up the two first round picks that they traded now the one of the first round picks is this uh upcoming nba draft the other one is a 2027 first round pick which if i've done my math correctly might be younger than kevin right now um so that's very good value in trading for uh you know, James Harden, not to throw any young shade at you, Kevin, but it's the truth. Totally didn't feel it. No, not at all. Uh, Seth Curry, very nice rotational piece. He's, a, I think, shooting over 40% from three. Um, I do think that was very important for the Nets to get. I mean, you can never have too many shooters, and Seth Curry's obviously a very good one. Not the greatest defender, obviously, because of his size. Uh, but again, nice rotational piece. Andre Drummond, I mean, he's just, he's just not what he used to be in terms of Detroit Pistons or anything close to that. I mean, he's a guy that they do need size. So I guess he's a body in that regard, but I mean, he's just a guy that just made the salaries work, I guess. Ben Simmons. I don't know, you know, if everyone remembers this, but I'm old enough to remember a few months ago when Ben Simmons is coming off the worst performance of his career in that playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks, where he passed up a wide open dunk. We all remember the, the memory of him, you know, being scared to go to the free throw line you know, he's had his issues with shooting. He's just not gonna be the guy that uh can come up clutch in those moments. He hasn't proven that yet. Not to mention, he hasn't played a
1: single game this year. Okay, but you're acting like
2: a single games. You're
1: acting like he hasn't been working out. You're oh, acting like he's been sitting down on his butt all day this whole entire season and hasn't been playing basketball. He's been training throughout this whole entire season in gyms. Playing basketball, pickup games, Anthony, and so there's, what? There's a, I understand. No, there's, there's a difference it, in playing a pickup game and playing an there's, NBA there's game so in a season. Difference,
2: yeah, and there is. And Ben Simmons is not in game shape yet. And maybe, maybe he'll he'll sit there and round How up. How do you know he's not in game shape? Uh, trust me, I know. you you're he's not sitting out there playing. When's the last time you have seen an NBA athlete take this long of time and just immediately just flow right in? Michael he has Jordan. no. I mean, he right, Michael Jordan. Da. Michael, yeah. No, he didn't. Michael Jordan lost in that first—or what was it? The uh, the playoff series against the Orlando Magic his first time when he came back. He didn't win a championship right away. He had oh. to sit there and regain himself, and well, then you he came just back said, the next year.
0: You just said play. You didn't say win a championship. Yeah, in a yeah, game.
2: game. Right, but in his first game back, Michael Jordan was not great. It took him a few games to warm up. He then got in the playoffs, and they got bounced. He then had a full offseason to recoup, and then he got back and was, you know, Michael Jordan everything. Ben Simmons, it's going to take a while for him to get back into game shape. Not only that, he's got to build chemistry with these teammates again. Because not only has he not played with Seth Curry or Andre Drummond with the Sixers this year, he hasn't played with any of these Nets teammates at all, obviously, because he hasn't played. And so he's going to have to build up chemistry. And the last thing I'll say, because I didn't even get to the Philly part of it, the rule with NBA trades is very simple. Whoever gets the best player in the trade wins about 90% of trades. So if you're giving me those odds... And I think we all agree that James Harden is the better player out of Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Paul Millsap, and the 13-year-old to be named first-round pick. I'm gonna safely say I'm gonna take James Harden. That James, yes, you're right. He has had moments where he's quit. He's put on some extra weight. He's given lazadaisical effort. But when he's motivated, when he sit there and he's he is in the mode of I'm James Harden. I want to play basketball. He's still a top 15 player in the game. He's still one of the better players in basketball. I mean he's having a down year and he's still averaging 22 10 and 8. I mean that's a lot of teams will take that on their team right now. So me personally, I we'll see if this Nets experiment works because again, we're, we got to see where Ben Simmons at, is at mentally. But if you're telling me who won this trade, give me the team with I got the best
1: player in James Harden. You mean the best player in Joel Embiid. Well, oh, okay. they already have. I mean I I get it. Right. I get it. Um speaking right. of the, the the Philadelphia 76ers, um one of my homeboys uh, has his own podcast called Real Talk with Miles Johnson, Real Talk with MJ. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can go to his Twitter account at Real Talk with MJ1. Um, he's talking about Philly, and when he heard about the trade, he actually called it probably, I think, two weeks ago, saying that Daryl Morey is going to make this trade with Ben Simmons. I I, I, believe, it was, I believe it was just they needed to trade Ben Simmons for a player. He was saying that, um, and I, I sent you guys the clip, it was – either with Malcolm Brogdon or with Jaron Fox. And Jaron Moore's like, ah, no, we're trying to find something or do something else. And then all of a sudden, it's with James Harden. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you know, chip bound, finals bound, you know, bringing chip to Philly. Um, do I think that that's going to happen? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, shout out to you, Myles. Um, Follow Miles Johnson at Real Talk with my- with MJ1. Um, but I think that they will make the playoffs for sure with Joel Embiid and and, James Harden, I just don't know if they'll go all the way to the finals. That's the thing.
2: I mean, outside of Milwaukee, who looks like the most complete team, who are you picking over Philadelphia right now? Miami. Really? Yeah. Phoenix yeah.
0: for me. Phoenix for me. Well, oh, I'm saying in the east. Sorry. Oh, in the east. In the oh, okay, east. Okay,
2: okay. Uh, yeah, Kevin, did you want to jump in and give your thoughts on this?
0: Uh, So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think as far as it goes, I think it could even out to be a pretty fair trade. I don't think Ben Simmons is all that. Um, he is defense, you know, he's he's a defensive guy. Um, James Harden, I think he'll, ne- I don't think we'll ever see James Harden like we saw him at Houston because James Harden in Houston, he was, he was ball handler, score. I mean, he, he was, he was all, he was all over the place. And Former was, MVP. Yeah, I know. It, yeah. it was James Harden, and four other dudes, you know? Um, but James Harden on the Nets, obvious I mean, you like you said, he is having a down year. It's not horrible. Like it's not like a horrible year for him, right? Like he's still he's still scoring significant points and he's still putting up significant numbers, but he's not playing like the James Harden we know. And I I think I think that falls into part with he's not the main guy anymore. And I think a lot of people were worried about this when the Brooklyn Nets, when the Brooklyn Nets big three originally came out. We got three ball dominant guys, maybe on the exception of Kyrie, because he did play with LeBron, you know, and that was a pretty successful duo. But even then, you still have two ball dominant guys trying to share it. I It was just a hard formula to work out. And I don't, I know they only played like, I, don't, I think it was like 16 games yep, 16. together. Mm hmm. Um, and I don't have their record pulled up of what the, how many they won out of those sixteen.
2: I mean, it was it was a it was either eleven or twelve wins. Out yeah, of those
0: 16. I mean, I I think there was a lot of issues in in Brooklyn that that that, that became the reason why Harden was out. It kind of sounds like Katie and Kyrie didn't want him there anymore,
1: Harden, and yeah. and
0: and Harden obviously didn't want to be there anymore. Um, so at the end of the day. Harden going somewhere he actually wants to be, that may help him play better. Um, I think the trade was pretty even. I think it can work to benefit of both teams. Like I said, I don't think Ben Simmons is all that. Um, I don't know what kind of play shape he's in. Um, And I I guess we'll just have to kind of find out and see, you know. Um, But if I'm Brooklyn, I'm a little worried about, you know, how he can be in the locker room. Because uh, with what's going on in Brooklyn right now, I would imagine that the the, the motivation is pretty low. Because you're a team that was predicted to either make it to the championship or win the whole damn thing. And right now, you're kind of struggling for even a playoff spot, I think. No, they're not. They are struggling. Because they've lost yeah. 10 straight games. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I saw a joke the other day. It said, "Now they got the big two and a half because Kyrie can. <laughs> Kyrie can hardly. Kyrie can hardly ever play. It's true. And you know, Ben Simmons is a liability on on his own. So I don't. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I think the 76ers will end up making the most of it now because I talked about it the other day. Joel Embiid. What do we say? He's like twenty seven, twenty eight. Uh, twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joel Embiid's twenty seven. And you have a lot of pieces. Granted, you did lose Seth Curry, but you got to more and improve Seth Curry and James Harden by a ton. So 76ers are kind of in that win-now mode. So I think overall, I think the 76ers won the trade as of right now. But going forward, the Brooklyn Nets may be able to round out and figure this whole thing out. Um, I don't know. I think it's a sticky situation, what's going on in Brooklyn. I think they need more... uh, I think they need more young talent and quit focusing on getting all these big stars.
1: Yeah. So apparently, I found out on um, it was on I don't know what website it was, but apparently uh, there was a one on one game between Kyrie Irving and James Harden, and Kyrie Irving just destroyed James Harden, and Kyrie Irving called him washed, and James Harden was not happy about it, and there was a lot of you know conflicting reactions in the locker room, and you know obviously Kyrie not Kyrie James Harden just quit on the team, and this is his second time doing this. I'm not saying that he's going to quit on Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid is an all-NBA, possibly future Hall of Famer, um, just with the stats and how he's playing, one of the most dominant players in the league right now. Um, I just hope that James Harden doesn't quit on him. I heard today that they could be the next, and, you know, you know, hate on me if you want. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that they will be, but it could be the next evolution of Kobe and Shaq. Maybe.
2: So you're you're hearing that, and you still think Brooklyn won
1: the trade. Yes, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. I mean,
0: I, I, like I said, I think it, it's just going to have to round out. But let's go ahead and let's take it to another trade, one that kind of hits close to me. Uh, Chris Hopps Porzingis was traded to the Washington Wizards for Spencer Dinwiddie and some other dude. Davis Bertans, yeah. And mm-hmm. Wizards it, also acquired a I, second round I, drop I, I, know, I know his name, but
1: Dave why? who? Yeah, Dave exa- who? Exactly. No, I'm kidding.
0: Um, at the end of the day, I'm, I kind of touched on this earlier. I think I think it came down to Luka not wanting him to be there. Either that or there's just a lot of discomfort between the two. Um, it kind of comes down to two ball-dominant guys, which I guess when you see KP, you don't think ball-dominant. But he was putting up ball-dominant numbers. He was scoring 28 to 35 points. He was probably was in the average of 23 points per game. He was getting a lot of blocks. He was doing really good. KP was playing really good. But I guess there's, there is, there, there's prone to issue whenever Luka Doncic scoring triple-doubles with over 20 points, KP scoring 25-plus with a few blocks and dishing out some assists, maybe a double-double, and the Mavericks are still losing by like 10 points. So bringing in Dinwiddie, I guess that could become something in the future. But overall, I think this was a re- this was a get-rid-of-cap space issue. And if that's the case, then I want—I know they already re-signed Dorian Finney-Smith, um, and I'm—I'm gra- I'm glad they did that. I want them to see if they can restructure Hardaway's deal. I don't want to get rid of Tim Hardaway because I—I I think he can come through for us. I think he can keep playing the way he was playing um, in the bubble because in the bubble he was—he was hot. I mean, he was hot as hell. Um, I do know that the Mavericks are the favorite to. Uh, go get Goran Drogic from the Spurs because the Spurs are planning to buy out Goran So I know the Mavericks are favorite to go uh, and get him, which that's long, long overdue. Basically, the Mavericks are in a situation where they're going to do whatever Luka Doncic wants. Um, however you view that, whether that be wrong or right, that's kind of what they're doing. Uh, Luka's wanted to play with Goran for a long time. As you might know, they played together in Slovenia. Um, they have a lot of experience together. Um, I think overall Luka Doncic is very comfortable and he likes a lot of his teammates. And I'm not even going to sit here and say he didn't like KP. I just think that the skill set that they have didn't mesh together very well. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think, I'm not saying that the trade was good or bad. I think it was good. in the, it, I would I would say it's good in the fact that we have some some space to sign somebody. Now I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to go sign Damian Lillard or anything like that. <laughs> but um I think we can make some stuff happen. Um as long as we don't have a first round exit this year, then we're making progress.
1: I think so too. I think that for I think they're just preparing for free agency. That's the biggest thing. Um obviously don't make a first round exit, get in the second round or maybe even the third and then you know figure out the pieces that you need and then go get a superstar or, no, or just another star um in the west or in the east or whatever um because you know in in my mind when I first saw this trade and even when I called you Kev it was just like what?
0: It didn't make a lot of sense. Right. I was really
1: confused. Right like what are the Mavericks doing? Like oh my gosh like I I didn't even know that Kristaps was headed to the Wizards. I mean hey I mean I think it helps out Bradley Beal but I mean Bradley Beal is injured right now. Well he's getting surgery. Excuse me on that. Um but I think that they're just preparing for free agency, honestly, with the Mavericks. I mean, Mark Cuban said um, this this morning uh, from the from the Dallas Morning News um, about the trade or his viewpoints on the trade. Sometimes it's the system that matters, and in order for the system to work, you've got to have people that fit different roles within a system. KP was great within certain roles, right? And he did a lot of amazing things with us, but there were certain things that we didn't have with Timmy out, so we were able to do two for one in that respect. That's from Mark Cuban, um, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, this morning from the Dallas Morning News.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, no, just to touch on uh, what you said earlier, Kevin, about the salaries. Christoph Porzingis' cap hit this year is $31.6 million, roughly. I'm just going to be rounding numbers here. Uh, the, the contract cap hit for Davis Bertans, the he who shall not be named, apparently, on this podcast uh, he's going in at a $16 million cap hit and Spencer Dinwiddie is at a 17.1. So roughly it's relatively the same amount. I mean, the, the combination of Dinwiddie and Bertans is about roughly 2 million more, uh, could be very interesting. Uh, me looking at this from a non Dallas perspective, right? Obviously, you know, you sit there, right? You've had two straight seasons where you got bounced in the first round by the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Luca is a talented guy. He deserves, he's going to be a guy that sits there, and and he's going to need to be in that later stages of the playoffs, and he needs some help. Kristoff's, uh, unfortunately, although I believe he was playing his best season with the Mavericks this year, throughout his t- entire tenure, he just could not consistently stay on the court uh, due to a number of injuries. And as a fit, like you were mentioning, Anthony, Fit wise, he just, he's a guy that can be a ball stopper because he's the kind of guy that can go a little bit iso ball in terms of maybe the post or, you know, the high pick and roll and all this other stuff. And while Luca can succeed in that role, as, you know, I'm sure that they did over the years, Luca really needs, you know, Florence spacing. He needs to be the ball dominant guy. And Christophs is kind of one of those guys that uh also needs the ball in certain aspects and doesn't necessarily always play the best without the ball and in fact he would get kicked off to the three-point line more often than other uh so i think this is a move that like you said uh could definitely be a future move in terms of being able to acquire a superstar down the line uh obviously when you have two contracts that are less than 20 million it's easier to move a contract that's 30 million necessarily unless that player is obviously worth that so I, I like this move for the Mavericks. Uh, it may not be the best move in terms of right now, but in terms of future moves, this is definitely something that could help the Mavericks acquire that second superstar to pair with Luka Doncic, and hopefully this time, unlike with Kristaps, it's a move that will stick around for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah. I like, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like the, the Nets trade. Like, I don't think it's going to pan out now. I think, like you said, I think it's going to be more of a uh, future thing. Uh, hopefully we can get busy, maybe on the buyout market. I don't really know all that much that's out there besides Goran Dragic, uh, but hey, I mean free agency. Uh, we'll just have to kind of see what happens. Um, I don't know, man. I guess my dream, my dream player would be Dame, if we can get Dame on the map. Yeah, that's true. But I don't really know how that would mix either.
1: Yeah. But talk about that fifty-one point game though from Luca though. Hey, that was amazing, man.
0: He put it on. He put it on.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's Luca. So Anthony was kind enough to pull up the stats. I mean, he's, I think he's slowly trying to take my role as stats guy on this show. But he's <laughs> the record with uh, Christoph Porzingis in the lineup um, and without him for the Mavericks. It's basically identical, both around 60%. It's actually less with Porzingis in the lineup than when it's just Luca. And I really think Luca can thrive in this. Ultimately, you know, he'll sit there and he'll perform his best. He's going to show up when it comes down to playoff time. They really just need a guy that's going to sit there, not necessarily need the ball, that can play without the ball, but in spots when Luca's sitting there and he's getting trapped at half court, you know, be able to run the offense, be able to execute at a high level and take some of that pressure off of him. Hopefully the Mavericks can uh, do it because, like I said, I think a, like a guard or a wing type player, and he needs to be able to play defense too because Luca, you don't want him to stress too much on the defensive end. So a guy, I can't so Tyton's like a like but yeah so like cuz
1: when you were saying that someone who can like play defense but also can shoot the three i was thinking of uh malik bridges from the phoenix suns yeah oh great cuz he's example. a three and d player mm-hmm. you know he can shoot the three he can play defense and stuff like that um and he's a, a guard too so I, right. mean, I think something like that right
2: so that would be a good player but in terms of like a superstar, like in terms of a guy you're paying potentially like a thirty million dollar contract, he needs to be able to get his own shot
0: too. I like Bradley Beal for that option. Mm-hmm.
2: That would be another good one. I'd be actually like that'd be in terms of guys willing to play style with Luca. I think Bradley Beal would be one of the better ones you could pair up with him.
0: Yeah, I just I I think I know his future is kind of uncertain and uh in in Washington, um how much how much time does he have left on that contract?
2: Well, he, I believe he recently signed his extension. Obviously, he uh, just suffered that knee injury. Yeah. So he, or not knee, excuse me, wrist injury. I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. That's I, what, that's I don't right. know. I thought of Kristaps, and I was thinking knee injuries. So, uh, but in terms of uh, his contract pulling up here, so he signed a two year, seventy million dollar uh, deal with the Wizards that includes a player option for this next upcoming season. So he technically does have a chance to, you know, opt out of that and maybe test the free agency market, or maybe do a sign and trade with Washington, which you know, Dallas sends them something. I mean, obviously, I'm assuming whenever they made this deal with for Spencer Didwitty and Davis Bertans, his name probably came up. And if there was any inkling that Bradley Beal wanted out of Washington, they probably would have taken it more seriously. Maybe some reports would have gotten out. I just think Bradley Beal, it's like one of those things when I brought up the Damian Lillard thing uh, on last podcast, Bradley Beal loves Washington. Like, he loves the city. He loves playing for those fans. And he's trying to build a winning winning culture around there. It's not something that I personally agree with, but I can understand it in terms of you know just wanting to spend your whole uh, career with one team that allure that that can give uh, a player. So I don't hate on Bradley Beal for it.
1: I mean, there's not a lot of free agents next in like in this upcoming free agency that are like superstars that are going to be like on the free agent market. John Wall, I think Westbrook, Bradley Beal. Um, Irving, Gary Harris, Zach Levine, Goran Dragic, you know, Ricky Rubio, Andre Iguodala, that's just to name a few who are going to be free agents this upcoming summer. And, I mean, you don't see a lot of superstars on that on that ticker list, but, I mean, there are some players that you could possibly sign for the Mavericks. I mean, you're playing with Luka Doncic. I mean, all you need is someone who could play off the ball. I would say Andre Iguodala is a good player you could have. um, He's, he, he's like that 3 and D player. He's a champion, obviously, too, but who knows if he's if he's going to stay with Golden State or not? Um, the we'll have to see.
0: The only problem that you you said John Wall on mm-hmm. that list. Yeah. The only problem with John Wall is he's 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 kind of up there, man. So is Iguodala. Iguodala yeah. Is yeah. both up there in age. Uh, if I'm, bottom
2: line is if I'm a Mavericks fan and I'm sitting there and making a wish list, Bradley Bill's at the top.
0: Yeah, for no, me. for sure, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, and um, anybody who has a defensive presence, really. Yeah,
2: I just think Luca works best with another guard or another wing. I don't yeah. think another big that, that that commands that kind of uh, yeah because I mean because I, I just don't think it works yeah because
0: if you look at the Mavericks we already have a few bigs uh, they can shoot they can even shoot you know um, but they don't command the ball no they don't command did. the ball no yeah we don't they don't uh, so
2: I just hopefully you know Dallas will find out something I think uh, through the rest of the season though obviously they're going to see how Dinwiddie and Bertans mix into the lineup and uh, we'll go from there so how do buyouts work. So buyouts, the, the market is starting, so they're probably already in discussions with those players, potentially uh, those that are sitting there being like, hey, you know, listen, teams come to the player, we're like, hey, we're going to go in a new direction, let's talk terms here. Uh, we're expected anytime time uh, after the All-Star game this weekend for them to really start heating up uh, in terms of names coming out, potentially buyout, maybe even some buyouts starting next week, but they can... They can come as soon as next week to answer your question.
0: So when can uh, teams start signing bio players? Well, so
2: once a player is bought out, right, and he's, you know, sits there, he has to go through waivers, which is a 24-hour period. And once that 24-hour period, if no one has claimed that player, and again, this is like with restrictions and stuff, if they don't have any restrictions and they just simply become a free agent, then it's up to them, them talking to certain teams, their agent, trying to, maybe try to you know work out salaries from different organizations but usually in the buyout market they're doing it for the veterans minimum a lot of the time so that's not really an issue so it just expect next week for it to really start kicking up yeah true
0: Anthony you got anything
1: I mean I just don't know what the mass are doing honestly um just with that but I mean you know there were, there were also some other trades aside from the Dallas trade that were kind of just interesting and kind of a head-scratcher. Um, Tyrese Halliburton getting traded from the Kings to Indiana. That was a shocker. That was a huge shocker. That was your... I'm not saying that was your core, your franchise player.
0: No, it was. I, I think it was. I
1: yeah. mean, I think Darren Fox is, but I mean...
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: I mean... I mean, that's like your second best player, basically. If anything, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Halliburton
2: is, was their young star. Like, yeah. Fox had... Fox was the better player right now, but Halliburton was their future. Oh, for sure. So I completely agree. Yeah, uh, it's it's something that Kings are gonna King. Like they're they just they are one of the worst run organizations. Like the last good team I remember them having was like you know Vladi Divots, Mike Bibby, Doug Christie, uh, Chris Porikovitch, Christ yeah, Weber, all these guys. And ever since that, <laughs> it seems like that ref gate with uh, Tim Donaghy or mm-hmm. however, whatever his name was, uh, the Kings have been just the worst, you could argue the worst run franchise in the history of sports, and this this move proves it. I mean, you give up not only Tyrese Halliburton, who is your future, Buddy Heald, who is a very hot trade commodity that could have been fielded you a lot more just on his own merit, and all you return is, I mean, Sabonis, he's a nice player and everything, but he's kind of already at his potential, and then Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb and a second-round pick, it's just, those are just rotation guys, and then a 2023 pick that's not even, you know, in the NBA yet, so it's just, the Kings, I, it, it doesn't make sense from, like, what are you trying to build your direction around? Do you think Sabonis and Fox are going to be going to get you into the Western Conference playoffs? Because I don't see it.
1: That's like saying, oh, yeah, Darren Fox and Damanis Sabonis are going to be, like, the um, Magic and Kareem, or better yet, the um, the Kobe and Paul Gasol. Except Darren Fox isn't, you know, Kobe or a shooting guard, but I'm just saying just that power forward, that point guard, you know, that 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 bang-bang dynamic duo punch. And Sabonis doesn't shoot threes. Neither does Fox. He's a great passer, but yeah. he doesn't shoot threes. So I just don't know. And I mean, I I think that the Pacers did a great job though in in the in the trade. You still have Miles Turner. Yes, you have to watch out for his injuries, but you have Buddy Hield now, Halliburton, and you know some key pieces that you kind of can structure your team around with uh, Rick Carlisle.
2: Yeah, because I mean they were they were basically saying we're resetting, right? And they literally the best possible scenario because they're still going to have their first round pick that could be another potential lottery superstar depending on how the lottery works out and so you already have halliburton who's now a nice piece you have buddy heels a shooter i mean tristan thompson's really just a salary just to make it work kind of guy but i mean potentially with wh- whoever get they get in the next draft i mean indiana has a very bright future it made all the sense in the world for them to make this trade just from the Kings' perspective, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, "What are you doing? You're 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 building a team around two non-shooters with a bunch of non-shooters in a shooting league. That's essentially what they did. And because Sabonis and Fox are not going to be knockdown shooters, and uh, I, I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like I'm literally still sitting here. This trade happened however many days ago, and it still doesn't make sense to me.
0: Well, let's go ahead and take it from the NBA. Uh, let's head over to the Olympics. Um.
1: In Beijing. Yeah. The Beijing Olympics, 2022. It's fantastic.
0: How to take a euro? No big deal.
1: A lot of things have happened though. Yeah. In, in the Olympics, for sure.
0: The United States currently sits at, I believe it was sixth. Let me go double check.
1: That. I think it is sixth. I think so.
0: Yes, they currently sit at sixth. They have four gold medals.
1: That's great. That's awesome. I shout out to Chloe Kim for sure. Yeah, she's really carrying us. She's killing it right now on the half pipe, and Nathan Chen and figure skating. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I I don't know if I said this on last podcast, but I may have said it off air. Go watch Nathan Chen like figure skate. I don't watch men figure skate much or even at all, but watching him figure skate and get the gold, he I I think he broke the world record in in figure skating when based on the score. Like it was, it was just poetry in motion. Like I don't mm. usually watch it, but when I watched him, it was like, wow, that's that's really good. Like he did really good. Yeah. No,
2: I mean it's uh, we've got some more uh contests here hopefully coming up. So hopefully we'll bridge that gap to Germany, who's number one in the medal count right now. They have seven gold medals, eleven total. Uh, Norway, Norway has fourteen medals in total right now. They currently sit in second. Uh, six golds, three silver, and five bronzes. Uh, Netherlands rounds out the uh, podium positions with five golds, four silvers, and one bronze for ten medals in total. It'll be very interesting. Um, you know, obviously, we had the uh, half-pipe snowbo- snowboard runners yesterday. Um, Shout-out to Sean White. And... uh I, it'll be something where the United States historically hasn't started off strong in these events. They tend to kind of build momentum towards, uh, whenever these events start to go on for longer. So we'll wait and see if the, the trend continues. But, uh, yeah, dude, I, I really enjoyed, uh, catching a little bit of the Olympic <laughs>
1: winter Olympics after, uh, finishing some homework.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. And,
1: and, and, even the, um, the men's curling team, they bounced back from a loss of Sweden the other day, um, nine to seven. And, um, uh, you know they got a victory over Great Britain too. Um, they held a, a narrow lead heading into the eighth, and uh, before they ended it uh, with the UK to tie it, which was really good. Not gonna lie, they they play they play Norway I think today or tomorrow in curling. So hopefully the men U.S. men's curling will will stay in the fight or stay in the the battle with with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think. Uh be a very
2: interesting event to keep your eye on
1: like sure. curling is hard because it like is. it's like you hard, know right? you're you're on your knee mm-hmm. and you got to push the, the 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 what is it called the uh oh
2: kevin please uh, help me out here uh, i want
1: to say the curl thing but i know that's not <laughs> the right terminology not the curl thing yeah i know that's not the right uh, terminology yeah <laughs> I, I, but they push the thing on the ice I don't, uh,
0: right we all know what you're talking about and you're then you early.
1: know you gotta get the the, yeah. the,
0: the curling stone yeah the, the stone, stone the, the curling stone.
1: stone the stone and then you just gotta
2: eeer eeer eeer
1: eeer 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 and yeah no, make it stop anyone who
2: belittles any olympic athlete is not the brightest human being cause those guys the effort that they have to put in oh yeah day after day hour after hour minute after minute it's it's incredible so kevin yeah. you got anything
0: no, I mean not really. Um, other than the fact that Russia's on drugs. Okay, that's a little exaggerated, but uh, just, just a little just bit. A little bit. A little but, bit, little and, bit. And, okay.
1: and kind of a lot of bit, but it's 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 okay. <laughs> it's
0: okay. The so the so the Russian the Russian teen teenage girl, I believe she was like fifteen, who was like doing incredible figure skating, like and like some stuff that nobody's ever seen before ended up testing some kind of positive ended up testing positive for some kind of dr- uh, drug u- like illegal drug use like steroids or something like that mm-hmm. and so she was like obviously disqualified so
1: that makes sense that makes sense Um, you know drug use in the Olympics is not allowed I mean you can see it from the uh,
0: Russia's really bad about that
1: I mean I won't say well they, they, they've gotten in trouble they've gotten in trouble with allegations of drug use I think one year Russia was completely disqualified from the olympics um one year i don't know if it was the summer or the winter olympics but they were disqualified i i think so i think so they were i think so um because of either drug use or something um but uh and and that's why they're using you know that specific name Mm -hmm. um i guess the republic of russia or something like that um Telling right. if you could look it up, I don't want to no, be you're wrong. Uh, but-
2: I've actually got her name. Kevin, did you say her name at the beginning of this? Uh, it was Kamila Valiva. Kamila Valiva. Uh, again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that Russian name, but that's how it phonetically looks to me. So, uh, yeah, doping scandal among the Russian Olympic Committee, the ROC, It's rock the Winter Olympics. Um, I mean, it, yeah, you like you said, she was... She was going through this. The uh, anti doping agency obviously um, is currently suspended by the WADA. So they had to use the international uh, testing agency. And uh, they found her, obviously, that she tested positive. And it's definitely the biggest, well, one of the biggest topics of the Olympics right now. So
1: yeah, yeah, and and it says in twenty nineteen the WADA was banned Russia from international competition for four years due to a state sponsored year long doping scheme involving some of the country's greatest athletes. So that's why they're going with, um, you know, the, um, Russia Olympic Committee, mm-hmm. um, ROC. for Russia, yeah, the ROC. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I wouldn't say that that Russia has a drug problem. No, I mean, no, I,
0: I just say they had a cheating problem.
1: I mean, I would say I I would say this. Not Olympians, but some athletes I think they just think that taking steroids and taking drugs will help them when it just it just doesn't. It just doesn't. If you want it bad enough, go get it. Do something about it. Period. You know, I mean, it's it I don't I don't think a drug's going to help you out, you know, by going the distance, or getting the championship, or getting the gold medal, or getting the ring, whatever you want to call it, um, all together. Because I mean, the same thing happened in swimming with, um, I think it's Lochte. Yeah, Lochte. Yeah, yes, he yep. he got in trouble with with um, with drugs, and yep. he wasn't able to to compete. And I mean, you know, it's it's a problem,
2: Ryan Lochte, to clarify. Yeah, Ryan Lochte. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Lochte.
0: But yep. the problem with that is that actually, the drug that, um, what was her name again, Colin? Uh, Camllia Camlliaez
2: let me camellia. Camellia, so, camellia, okay Camivavia so,
0: but so they said the drug that she was she tested positive for actually does make her better it actually does increase her performance so
2: yeah it's it's one of those that uh anytime you attempt to cheat the sport you have to be punished for it I completely agree with the committee's decision in order to do so uh ultimately i mean like it gets very competitive because these are obviously you could argue the best athletes in the world i mean this is the olympics right so uh you naturally sit there you want to do well for your country but not only for your country you want to win the gold medal do well for yourself and sometimes you know athletes push themselves over the edge whether that be you know the physical edge or the you know uh (laughs) influence edge and uh this woman was caught uh you know whatever decision they decide to come out with her i know obviously she's no longer allowed to compete or anything but Uh, I fully stand behind the committee in terms of their decision.
0: Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the NFL. Uh, There was a big night last night. Uh, Some would say the Hollywood red carpet walk of the NFL year. Um, We had the NFL honors. um, And then those of you who got the chance to watch, I believe they actually did call it like the NFL red carpet or the honors show red carpet or something like that. It's basically the pre-show before the honors. Um, we got to see Micah Parsons and his adorable son on multiple interviews, um, and, uh, then we got to see a bunch of people win a bunch of things that we will determine here on the Fools on Stools podcast if they do or do not deserve them, uh, because, of course, as y'all know, what we say is obviously always correct, um... And
1: every player in the NFL listens to the Fools on Stools podcast yeah, as absolutely. well. Yeah, Yes, yes. Yes, even... Uh, even Cullen's very own, you know, Russell Wilson, was was on the red carpet the other day. He did. was. He was. was he was. Yeah. Yes. Did yeah, you like sir. his? Did you like his outfit? His uh, his I loved suit. It. I mean, look, just the
0: just Ci- simple. Yeah, the simple bow tie.
2: Yeah. No. Well, the Sierra's gonna have him dressed right. Hey, like, Sierra's oh, yeah. gonna make sure he's gonna be looking good. So oh, I, yeah. I, I don't got to worry about none of that.
1: Hey, ain't that the truth, man? Hey, you know?
0: hey, man. Hey, don't don't leave out Travis Kelsey though. Hey, Travis. Travis. Hey, he, shout he, out he was, to you, man. Hey, He was dripped out. He said he was dripped shout out. from head to toe in fear of God. I was hey, like,
1: Dang. that's 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 a fact.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, shout out, shout out, Travis Kelsey. Always well dressed.
0: Always, 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 always.
2: I actually have the list of the winners. Do you want to go over them real quick, or do you want to uh, jump on one in particular? Let's
0: let's go over them, but let's go over them slowly and dramatically, so that way we can build the tension.
2: Okay. Which one would you like me to start off with first, my good sir?
0: Okay. So it was announced pretty pretty early that Dan Quinn got the assistant coach of the year um i don't really know who else would be in the running for that you know can y'all think of anybody
2: uh i mean there was definitely i i think the guys in Buffalo, both leslie frazier excuse me i think he was the second uh or came in second place in that award Mm -hmm. and again I, i i already went on about how much i love brian dayball but dan quinn had deserved to win this award yeah
0: yeah of course yeah it
1: made sense i mean after looking at that defense this whole entire year with the cowboys um you know, Com- it, just, it just compared makes, to last year too. Definitely compared to last night year. and day. Absolutely, hundred ten percent. I mean that that defense was elite. Um, they were a monster. Obviously, they didn't make it past the Niners, but this whole season, the defense and Dan Quinn was a like peanut butter and jelly on whole wheat bread. It was delicious to watch, especially watching Micah Parsons just dominate that, just <laughs> dominate everybody.
2: Did you happen to mention defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons? Is that who the, you just no, mentioned? No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: give him the right title—the NFL's first and only unanimous defensive rookie of the year selection. That's right, the unanimous, unanimous. Unanimous. It was unanimous. It wasn't. It wasn't. He wasn't even put up with anybody else. Nobody was even close to touching him. They was, just were like, yeah. I mean, there was no there argument.
2: This was one of the. I mean, in terms of all-time rookie defensive seasons, one of the greatest ever.
0: Did he finish in second behind TJ Watt?
2: Uh for the do you, I don't yeah, have the defensive player of the year. Uh I know he was in the top 3. I don't know if it was second. Um I
0: know it was him, Aaron Donald and TJ.
2: I believe Aaron
0: came in second, I think. Okay. So well, I that,
2: mean even to be in the top 3 as a rookie, I mean that's
0: yeah, Of course, of man. course. And and yeah, I know I just spoiled it, but yeah. So TJ Watt got defensive player of the year. Um when you do something as good as tie the all-time sack record, that's kind of what you're going to get. Um I do feel like if Michael Parsons could have played in the very last game of the year, uh, for those of you who don't yeah, no bias here, but for those of you who don't know, um, he got COVID and couldn't play in the last weekend of the year, uh, the regular season, that is. Um, if he could have played, maybe he could have put up a few more stats, maybe another sack, and that would have been cool, but, uh, I mean, honestly, when you tie Strahan, and you tie the all-time sack record, and you have a, a dominant year like TJ Watt did, um that you're gonna you're gonna win defensive uh defensive player of the year
2: and 15 games by the way yeah in yeah and
1: 15 games. games i thought it was classic that jj watt announced like like when you saw it and you saw him look at the tablet and he saw tj and he looked and he's like tj <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was just classic to have your older brother yeah. you know give you that award god that family i mean can you imagine like thanksgiving dinner at their household Man, it, this is a lot of talk about competition. for Sure, uh, I
2: mean Derek's sitting there is just like the little brother, just being like <laughs> hey guys, I'm here too, you know. But I mean, congratulations to TJ Watt. Could have made an argument and he should have won it last year uh, over Aaron Donald, but he does get his first Defensive Player of the Year. He well deserved.
0: A, he gets his flowers. Well, like
1: you said, well deserved. I, I agree. And how long was he? How long has he been in the league? It's not been a long He's, time.
2: So he was drafted at the end of the first round by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it was the 24th, fourth overall pick in his draft i'm looking up the year at the moment he was
1: drafted in he just signed his
0: extension too. right 2017
1: okay. yeah it ha- i'm not saying it's been a long time but it hasn't been a long time like he's been
0: he's been balling he's on. yeah he's almost out of his rookie deal yeah, yeah
1: he's, he's definitely been balling yeah for sure and you know what he
2: did right after he signed his rookie deal he was like coach i gotta get to practice like he was signing it in his practice you know pat shoulder pads everything he was just ready to work so it's a commitment to excellence and that commitment got him defensive player of the year like i said well deserved
1: hey it yep. makes sense man that the 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 watt family is phenomenal on you know on all sides and wait till that the, the little one gets yeah. up in age <laughs> yeah he's he's
2: going to be a beast too we need to give love to the fullbacks man we really do we got to come up with something for them so yeah but, but anyways moving on
0: so um there was another award not it, it's not going to go nearly as talked about, but the biggest moment of the year award went to Justin Tucker making the NFL record 66-yard field goal. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on well that. Well-deserved. The fact that well the deserved Lions can't win in, no matter what circumstance they're in. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's they, true.
2: I mean, listen, the fact that he, you know, Adam Vinatieri in terms of, you know moments and kicks. He obviously had so many Super Bowl kicks, legendary that he made for the New England Patriots. Uh, in terms of just overall kicking, you know, in terms of just statistical greatness, Justin Tucker. I I don't think you can make an argument of any other kicker in terms of just statistical greatness among kickers. That Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker of all time. He now has the longest field goal in NFL history. He has the highest percentage of made field goals in NFL history. I mean. It, listen it, be, it knocked off the lines in a in a weird game and you know heck of a moment for him so hook him. <laughs> yeah had to
0: throw that one in there I had to and then moving on we had the air and ground players of the year um, I kind of want to make a little bit of a sense out of this so Tom Brady was the obviously the air he was I tell you what Tom Brady was not the ground player of the, or the uh, yeah the ground player of the year uh, but he was the air air player of the year and Jonathan Taylor was the ground player of the year um I mean, I guess there's not really much debate for that. Mm. Tom Brady threw for, like, what, like 5,300 yards? Yeah,
2: nearly broke the uh, season record. Jonathan Taylor led the way for the running backs. Um, Really would have wished Derrick Henry would have stayed healthy because I think that award could have been really special this year in terms of, like, the amount of yards he would have had. But well-deserved for both guys.
0: And then, uh, honestly, I think this one probably could have been unanimous as well. Uh, Jamar Chase, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I mean, hell, even taking the playoffs out of it. Jamar Chase balled out. Yep, yeah. all, yeah. Year, all <laughs> year, all year, all um, year. Other than that, I probably would have said it probably could have been Mac Jones, but he, he was second. Yeah, he was second. So, hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, like we already mentioned, defensive rookie of the year, uh, comeback player of the year. Now we ha- we talked about this a little bit leading up into uh, the playoffs. You know, who we kind of were thinking. Uh, I think earlier in the year it was everyone was you know Dak 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 Dak, um, and then the latter part of the year it was you know Burrow. So um, Joe Burrow ended up winning Comeback Player of the Year. Um, I I personally I I think that's probably the right decision. Um, the only thing that I would go to bat for when it comes to Dak is he had a literal bone sticking out of his leg. So as far as recovery goes, um, I think Dak had to go through more, but as far as consistency, I definitely think Joe Burrow was more consistent and it was only his second year. So
1: Yeah, I think it was because of the longevity that Joe Burrow stayed consistent yeah. with just playing with, you know, Higgins and Jamar Chase. I mean, I think just the run that he's been on this whole entire season and this, you know, being in the Super Bowl now and you know, competing for one, I think it just makes sense, like you said. Um, but, I mean, I think if Dak... Because Dak did stay consistent. It was just... You just didn't know what you were going to get with him. Towards the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. The beginning of the season was great. He was on fire. You know, he was killing it. Obviously, you, I would say for me, personally, unanimous, you know, comeback player because he was playing, like, just out of his mind. But then as time went on, you know, like you said, Cullen, you know, later on in the season, you didn't know what you were going to get. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, it's... You I feel like this was this and the offensive player of the year were the two closest in terms of the awards for me, uh, about who could potentially win. I'm fine with Joe Burrow winning it. Uh you could have made the case for Dak. Uh he did Joe Burrow did come off a torn ACL, so I don't want to poo-poo that because that is a difficult injury to come back from. Not everyone acts like Adrian Peterson coming off that award. Or you know what? They not everyone's Joe Burrow, because Joe Burrow's obviously had a heck of a year. He won the comeback player of the year. And uh yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm good with it.
0: Well, you talked earlier about the Offensive Player of the Year, and to everyone's surprise, Cooper Cup actually got it. Now, I mean, I guess I wasn't surprised. I wasn't either. <laughs> I don't know. I just think because it's mainly a quarterback-dominant uh, award, award mm. um, that not a lot of receivers win it. I don't know how many receivers have ever won Offensive Player of the Year, but uh, you can no longer say he's the Triple Crown. Triple crown. He is now the Quadruple Crown.
2: O-P-O-Y.
1: Yeah, well yep. deserved. I mean, <laughs> he was balling out this year with Stafford. You know, he was basically he was basically the main receiver for him. You know, in, until they got, um, you know, Odo Beckham. But he's still the main guy. Cooper Cup is, mm-hmm. and I mean, hey, give him that cup of Joe because he's killing it, <laughs> Joe.
0: <laughs> hey, and just think about it, Cooper Cup had zero stars, or he, not zero stars, zero Division One offers coming out of high school.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, he had a quote that he came out with, uh, I believe it was uh, right before the awards were announced. Because, uh, I mean, Cooper Cup, in terms of a physical, you know, receiver, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, he's not the, the you know, longest or anything like that. And he said, uh, you know, when people talk about my speed, you know, speed is a luxury. Uh, quickness is essential. He, I mean, his work ethic in terms of, you know, his precise route running, his essentially getting open, finding the soft spot, spots in zone, as you mentioned, Kevin, he's a Triple Crown winner, most receptions, most yards, most touchdowns. He well deserved in terms of the hard work and effort that he put in. He had a very nice tribute to his teammates and his uh, his wife, and uh, well deserved Offensive Player of the Year. I, I think there could have been a strong case for Jonathan Taylor because of what he did carrying that Colts franchise uh, this season with uh, Carson Wentz as their quarterback. So, but all all in all, Cooper Cup won this award, and uh, yeah, congrats to him.
0: Uh, and then we'll move on to coach of the year, which was Mike Vrabel. How did y'all feel on that one?
1: I don't think I was surprised. I mean, I, it, it just made sense um, just about how their team was, you know, this year.
0: I guess when you win with Ryan Tannehill with the, and you don't have Derrick Henry, it kind of paves the way. Yeah. yeah. Emphasize yeah.
1: that.
2: Yeah. I mean, the fact that we I mean we just, we all saw that game against Cincinnati. Uh, the fact that Vrabel was able to get the one seed with that guy at QB, yeah, give him the coach of the year. So yeah. other,
0: other just for than, courtesy, <laughs> other than other than Ray Bull, who else would y'all have said? Because I think Zach Taylor was the second.
2: Yeah. Taylor uh, certainly had a shout. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. I apologize. Uh, Sean McVay. I mean, again, I know he's already won the year, uh, award, but the consistent year in and year out uh, job that he and Kyle Shanahan do. I think you could really nominate either one of those guys as a top three candidate to me.
1: Honestly, I think you should have given it to Zach Taylor because after yep. last year in that season that they had, I don't remember the record last year, but it was really bad. It was like 5-11, and 11, I want to say. Yeah, 5-11, five, five and 11, and then you're coming back, and it's completely flipped the script. You flipped the script this year, this season, and now you're in the Super Bowl. I would have definitely given it to Zach Taylor.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. Well, I mean, one, one coach
2: has Joe Burrow. The other one has Ryan Tannehill. That's I'll leave it at
0: that. I mean, and that's a fair that's a fair it's a fair comparison. Um and then Walter Payton, man of the year, Andrew Whitworth. Well, well deserved in my opinion. Um Yeah. He said he might retire if the if the Rams win the Super Bowl. Um he said in a quote it'd be the perfect way out. I think I, I can't make any argument on that.
2: Uh, I will be talking more about him in Cullen's corner, so make sure you guys turn in to tune into hour two. I'm going to be going over all his accomplishments, everything he did, and like you said, his kind of impact and everything. So I'll kind of say my comments on on that, but uh, yeah, really great guy, uh, great interview,
0: you know. Again, well deserved. And then we'll move on to most valuable player. I didn't get who I thought it was going to be, but it ended up being Aaron Rodgers. So. What are y'all thoughts on that?
2: We all three guessed different, didn't we? On this, on this award, because I had I picked Rodgers, you picked Brady, and then and I, I said Burrow. Yeah, you said Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow didn't even wasn't even third place. It was Cooper Cup was in third. Wow, yes. yeah. yeah, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup yeah. was third. Uh, Impressive.
0: I will say, I don't know if y'all have, but if y'all have watched um, Aaron Rodgers' speech when he got that award, it kind of felt like a retirement speech.
2: He definitely there was a sense of this could be goodbye, Green Bay.
1: That that definitely was. Well, I, don't definitely
0: think, that I don't even think. I don't even think goodbye, Green Bay. I think just goodbye. Like is no, it like I don't believe that at
1: all. Because I I wasn't able to listen to it. I was watching F one because you guys told me you're doing homework. Well, yes. So so that's what <laughs> I was doing yesterday. So I was right. watching it. Right. So um, but but when you, when you say like goodbye, um, Kevin, like are you saying like I'm just done with the NFL period? Like I'm just gonna go or I don't know, man. That's what it It, sounded like. It
0: it, kind of, it honestly, it like you said, Colin. It either sounds like bye bye Green Bay or bye bye NFL. He's got a lot of other stuff going on. He's a little, he's a really weird guy, you know. (laughs) He he bought, he he bought, he bought some land in Tennessee, and Nathaniel Hackett went to
1: Denver. Um, see, the only reason why you buy land in Tennessee is if you're going to move there or if you're going to, you know, raise some cows up there at a ranch. You and know, uh, and he's
0: been looking like a cowboy recently. I mean, he's got the long hair and he wore like a, some kind of suede leather jacket or something. I don't know what he's got going on over there. And uh, so I don't know. It was just kind of weird to me. Like you said, Colin, I think it could either be a thank you, Green Bay. See you later kind of thing, or. By NFL, I don't. I don't know. Who knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to do?
2: Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, listen, MVP Aaron Rodgers. I just don't believe he's done. He did say he did tell the backers that he will make his decision before the start of free agency and before the start of uh, franchise tagging and everything. So hopefully, we'll know soon, within the next month, what he's going to do.
0: Hopefully so. Let's move on to the Hall of Fame class. Colin, if you could give us a quick rundown on that one.
2: Okay, so I've got the entire list here: Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Bryant Young, Cliff Branch, Art McNally, and Dick Vermeule. Highlight the 2022 Hall of Fame class for the NFL. Well deserved. Well deserved.
0: Um, Demarcus Ware.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of snubs this year.
0: Devin Hester. Yeah, there was a lot. But we're gonna get to that later, cause uh, we're gonna have a little bit of Kevin's kickback. So now we'll make our Super Bowl picks. Do you want to do it now? I I, we I have I, to. I we can hear
1: to. your, I can hear your hands steaming up the mic as you're, as you're rubbing them. All coming. right, boys. Okay. Come on now. For it's...
0: those who, for those who don't know, the, I guess if you've been living under a rock or something, I don't even know. You probably have to live like. Even further than a rock to not know who's playing in the Super Bowl, but the Bengals and the Rams are in the 2022 Super Bowl 56. They will be playing Sunday at 5:30. Take off work, have yourself a refreshment if you're allowed, have, and watch a good game because that's what it should be. You got Matthew Stafford, a uh, longtime Detroit Lion who came to LA with hopes to win a ring. Um, and he is shaping up to do so. With and then you got the Cinderella story. You got the the Dark Horse Bengals uh, behind Joe Burrow and a lot of incredible uh, young athletes on that team with an amazing head coach with a bright future um, in a competitive AFC division. Um, the Bengals um, are the or I, I apologize. The Rams are a. Four point favorite, um, and the over/under for the game is forty-eight and a half points. Do keep in mind that the Rams are not a three-point favorite due to a what some would consider home home field a field advantage. Even though it is in SoFi, um, it is not considered a home field advantage. Uh, it is still considered neutral field because. It is the Super Bowl. Um, so, first, what do y'all think about a 48-and-a-half point over-under? Y'all think it'll match up to that? or? Listen, uh, I mean,
2: anytime you've got one of the better offensive minds in Sean McVay uh, and able to really sit there, command what he know, uh, wants to do, and then you have, on the other side, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, all that firepower. Not to say that the Rams don't either, but 48-and-a-half, uh, So that's basically saying with the four-point spread that it's going to be, what is that, 26 to 22 estimated score, rough give or take. Uh, I think they will score more than that. I would—I'm not—we don't, uh, you know, promote gambling. This is not gambling advice, but if it were me, I would choose the over if asked the question. Just wanted to bring up another uh, thing because I know I've talked about how unlikely uh, this Super Bowl was. Uh, The NFL started uh, seeding postseason teams back in 1975. And this is the first Super Bowl since they started doing that in which a one or a two seed is not one of the Super Bowl teams in the matchup. Both of these teams are the four seed in their respective conferences. It goes to show how unlikely uh this matchup truly was, but we're here now. I'm so excited. It's Super Bowl Sunday, boys. Are y'all excited or what?
0: Well, well not Super Bowl Sunday yet. It's Super Bowl it's weekend.
2: Com- it's coming. It's coming. I'm 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 excited. I can't I, I hold do, it. I do I do catch your fire. I can't. I do catch your fire. Yeah. He's
1: ready. I'm ready. Oh, absolutely, Anthony. How do you feel about this one? Man, I'm ready, man. I I'm just like you, man. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, the Bengals only have, I think, one player um listed on the injury on, on injury report, tied in CJ uh Uzama. U- Uzama. Yeah. Yes, tied in uh CJ U- Uzama. Um and the Rams have no one on their injury um list. Uh Higby, actually. Higby, yeah. Higby and
2: uh Noteboom, I believe, just got put on IR today. But that okay. won't that won't be like game time decision or anything. They're just yeah. not gonna play.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, it's I mean, actually I mean, pretty even because Higby is their tight end for the Rams, and Uzama is the tight end for the Bengals, so it kind of evens out, I suppose. Yeah, and it, it's, it's okay. The Bengals will just go get Rob Gronkowski next year, and <laughs> they'll they'll be good to go. Well, let's
1: focus on this year yeah. right now. Um, but I think it's going to be a fantastic. Game. I is going to be a. I think it's going to be a tight game. I don't want it to be a blowout. I don't think... I'll be very sad, to be honest,
0: if it's a blowout.
1: I'll be shocked if it's a blowout, actually. Yeah, either way, honestly. Either, way, either way. way. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, I mean, without further ado, whoever is brave enough to make their pick first, as you all know, picks made on the air is solidified, set in stone, cannot be changed. I've learned that the hard way. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes, you have.
2: Anthony, do you want me to go first or do you want to go
1: first? I'm going last because you're going last. Because, uh, because because I have a little surprise for you guys on on the Fools on Stools podcast that I've been talking about for like ever. Like you guys know I've been talking about this surprise all day. All right, we'll all do week. All right.
2: All right. Uh, so so go ahead, guys. All right. Listen, Kevin, I know you're not the one that normally goes first, but do you want to
0: go first on this one? Oh man, this is so hard. This is so hard. See, I think the one thing that I've learned about myself over this playoff run is that I have a very hard time. And I've never done a podcast up until this year. So, I'm I've, I've never really had to take my analysis and actually put it pen to paper as for lack of better words. So, I've always just kind of been able to like make my own mind up in my own head like, "Oh, I think this team's going to win." But Really, at the end of the day, I just like to enjoy and watch football. But to make these picks is so fun that you can't not make the picks. But they're so damn hard to make. (sighs) Because it's like I've learned that I I have a hard time. I have a hard time knowing, okay, yeah, this team has the better stats to win. But I'm rooting for this team to win. And that's... I mean, I think I've fallen into that category just to, for the last like four or five weeks. So, <sighs> Colin, the, Colin?
2: The, the, the listeners are waiting. No, Kevin, you can't uh, just, yeah. you got to make yeah. your pick now. No, 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 no. You don't pass it over to me after you make that diet tribe. Come on now.
0: All right, man. I guess, uh, I mean, when you got a man wearing cardio glasses, what can't he do? You're going. You're going with Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm. i uh, You're going with the Bengals. Is that long, what I'm hearing? As long as he wears them Cartier glasses, yeah, they got the. They got the dub. Can we get a score from you? Uh. Um. I mean, I'm gonna go Bengals, but I mean, the score. I mean, we're not gonna go like based off of like record, like anything like that. Like right. Like if the Bengals win, I'll still get counted as a win. Not only if I get the score right. No, I mean just what you think. Just for fun, just okay. yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, what's the point spread? Yeah. It's, it's a minus four to it's L.A. It's a minus
0: four, yeah. So, I think the only way, I mean, it, it would only make sense for the Bengals to win <laughs> on an Evan McPherson field goal, right? That's true. Okay. That's true. So, I'm going to say, because I think they'll score more than the, than the over-under. Let's go 35-33. Bengals. 35-33. Mm.
2: Yes. That's a, so that would be... Wow. So over 65 is what you're saying. Okay,
0: no. Then let me think. Let me think. Let me, think. <laughs> <laughs> let me no, man, take that. No, 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 no. Let me yeah, take it back. Yeah, let yeah, me yeah, take it back, yeah, 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 take it back yeah, a little yeah, bit. Oh, my goodness. Um, What's a very popular... Let me think.
2: Wait, that's actually over... Because you said 35-30. That's over 67. My bad. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a lot of points, I'm thinking. <laughs> um, what's a very popular score? I mean, there's so, a lot
1: of offensive power, so I mean, I can, I can understand. True, true,
0: true, 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 true. Um, let's go, you know what, screw it, 28-24 Bengals.
1: See, that makes more sense. 28-24 And I can see that. I can definitely see that with just the, with just the defense and, um, how that defense is going to try to get to Joe Burrow, but then also the offensive power that the Bengals have. And, I mean, there's going to be so many stars in LA, bro. Oh my gosh, I wish we were in LA right now. I love LA. Man, I wish we were there. Just for the Super Bowl, um,
0: yeah, just for the Super Bowl, I'd rather be in Texas. In other words,
1: I mean, hey, I love L.A. I mean, but also I love Texas because you know, no state income tax. i about to say, yeah, money,
2: money wise, Texas, but I mean, you can't beat that California weather.
1: No, you can't. No, you can't. Because okay, Colin.
2: All right. So, uh, as Kevin alluded to, I I, man, that- I
0: already took forever, so you got to be hurry. You have to hurry up with your picks. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll see what I can do.
2: But that man with the Cartier glasses. I don't know if y'all notice, but. That man's kind of the talk of the week this week. Really over the last, you know, however many, since the Kansas City game, honestly. Uh, you know, he's sitting there. He's doing interviews. He's got one sock turned inside out. You know, he's uh, <laughs> he's sitting there talking about, you know, leaving his award at the award ceremony. And, you know, all this hype. People are sitting there. He's saying, is he the next face of the NFL and all this other stuff, right? And don't be me wrong. In terms of the Bengals never winning the Super Bowl, I think America, and myself included, we're going to be rooting for Cincinnati, because it's just such a good feel-good story. Uh, Former Seattle Seahawks, by the way, Trey Flowers, is on the Cincinnati Bengals. So rooting for you, Trey, to do well in that game. Hopefully you won't get toasted too bad. Who cares? Okay, but mister, mister, I take five minutes to make my pick.
0: So Doby is on the Bengals, and he just came off of playing with the worst Dallas Cowboy defense in forever, please. Okay,
2: yeah. So you got a little rooting there, too. So there you go. No, that's not even. Rooting, tooting, ready for scooting. There you go. All right, go, Colin. But you know who else has heard that? Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, that entire Los Angeles Rams defense. They've been sitting there just for basically two weeks now, just just listening to Joe Burrow get all this credit. Is this guy, you know, how many points is he gonna put up? Is this the face of the franchise? How much is Jamar Chase gonna cook Jalen Ramsey? I, I think, don't
0: think I've heard anybody say that. Uh, I don't think so
2: either. Uh, y'all are y'all might be living under rocks then, because I've heard
1: it everywhere. The I
0: don't Jamar? Think, the, the, I, everywhere. The, the, I don't think he's gonna get cooked. I think this to be an amazing matchup. All right, let me let me get back to my pick. Guys. Yeah. All right. Th- okay. I, I am picking
2: the Los Angeles uh, Rams. Okay. Ooh, ooh, okay. Ooh, to win tough. this game, that's good. Uh, I just think that they're gonna be the one motivated. I think Stafford McVeigh learned from his first Super Bowl, you know, experience on how to coach, how to not, you know, fall behind and everything. I think the Rams are going to come out swinging. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams to win 31 to 28. Los Angeles in their home stadium becomes the second year in a row a team to defend their home stadium in the Super Bowl.
1: Wow. All right. That's Which thir- that
0: stadium is badass by the way. Just
1: saying. 31 to 28. 31-28. Wow. That's Okay, okay. I I just want to ask you this. What's the score at halftime?
2: I could I could honestly see it. Because, uh, I, like I said, I think the Rams are going to have to jump out a little bit. So I could see it being, but I, I'll say 17 to 10.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Or
2: actually, no, excuse me. 17 to uh 13.
0: Excuse me.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I hear you on that one. I hear you on that one. Cause... Actually,
0: you know what? While we're at it, I'm going to say it's 14 14 going into halftime on mine. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're going to have half- a tie I'm game in, and half. Man, full half. All scores. right, Anthony. Okay. Well, it's.
0: Oh man! It's
1: time, guys. It's time, guys. So break the tie. So, so you know the Rams have a star-studded team, right? You know, on defense, on offense, you got Stafford, you got, you got Cooper Cup, you got a Pro Bowl lineup. Yeah, you got a Pro Bowl lineup. You know, and I mean with um, with the the Bengals, you know, you got Joe Burrow. You know, won the Heisman, a national championship. You know, and all he needs is a Super Bowl, Super Bowl ring. You know, but I, but I love the Rams though. I mean, the Rams are a great team. You know they're they're gonna come out. I think with with fire, and I think that they're just going to just come out swinging. And you know, you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, guys. You know, I've been talking to you about this, so I'm I, I'm just gonna bring it out, okay? I'm 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 just gonna bring it out.
2: Okay, so we're gonna be sitting here, kind of narrating while Anthony gets out this surprise for us. Okay, and and I've been talking about this surprise for like for like a long time.
1: Yeah.
0: We- okay. Don't know what this is. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep Whoa. facing this way.
2: It was in the the closet behind us or the storage compartment behind us. I'm just looking at Kevin's face right now. He's got a very interesting face. Should I look? Do I need to look? Do I
1: going for the Bengals? Yes, my man's brought. I got bear. An an a, a entire tiger. That, tiger. It's tiger. a Bengal tiger in a hoodie. Literally,
2: it doesn't, it doesn't even have the right. It's orange and black. You got red and black on. Hey, hey, hey. It's Valentine's Day. You got to bring you got to bring the love. Okay? Oh my god. <laughs> hey. Hey, I'm going with the Bengals. We're going with Joe Schiesty, Joe Burrow. We need halftime and full-time score. Full-time
1: is going to be uh, 31-24. The only reason why I say that is because I think that yes, Stafford has had 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 a great playoff run, I think, so he has I just think that he may be throwing some interceptions this, 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 this Super Bowl. That's the only reason. It's the only reason. Halftime, I'll stick with 14 14.
2: Okay. I'm so upset that we are not video recording right now because we needed Kevin's reaction when you brought that thing out and we needed my reaction whenever I actually took the time to look. Like, this is. Oh, my God. I, I, I it's a. So where did you get that anyway? Where did so, you get that Bengal
1: Tiger? <laughs> so so I went to Walmart. At first, I was going to go to Tours of Russ, and I was like, I need a Tiger. I got to find a Tiger. And the reason why I said this is your fault, Cullen, was because you picked the Kansas City Chiefs. No, wait, both of you guys. Both of you guys picked Kansas City to win over the Cincinnati Bengals. And I was like, there's no way, bro. Don't don't bet on, you know, you know, don't write off Joe Burrow like that. So I was like, you know what? I won two times. Two times I won. Going for the Bengals. And you know, I brought my tiger to prove my point.
2: Does the tiger have a name?
0: Sheisty.
1: Yeah, shisty.
2: <laughs> I hate y'all so much. Shisty. Oh my god. Shyste the tiger. <laughs> well, for the fools on stool audience, uh for those that didn't see it, uh, we might have to post a picture on our social media to truly encapsulate uh Shiesty's appearance on the show today. Because that was something I don't think I was really expecting. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We've got our picks. Hope you all tune in with us to Super Bowl Sunday this weekend. Kevin, you want to take us out, my friend?
0: Yes, sir, I will. You know it. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in for our one of the Fools on Souls podcast. Be sure to come back for our two. You don't want to miss the list that Cullen got for us today. Super Bowl list, of course, always got to keep it relevant. Got a little bit of Anthony's alley, and we're going to touch on a bit of Kevin's kickback as well. You don't want to miss it. I promise you. You're, it's, it's going to be fire. It's going to be heat. You know it. Anyway, we will see you all in hour two. Peace.